Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And this weekend was just nuts because it was Andre's house was just like, mm, pissed me off at so many levels. And then, oh, Jeremy, all he wanted to do was feed me tattooed chef. And it's just, uh, oh, hey, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Millennial Money. Today, we're going to talk about uh, quitting. Uh, we have a very important topic to talk about with quitting because it has a lot to do with the market, what's going on in the world. Uh, we have uh, things to talk about, like getting uh, my top five stock picks right now by going to metkevin.com slash fool. Because we are sponsored by The Motley Fool today. So make sure to go to metkevin.com slash fool to uh, drop in your email and you'll immediately get to see the five. You don't have to pay for anything. It's totally free. And you'll see Motley Fool's commentary on it, which is pretty cool. Uh, we've got a competition going between all of us here. And uh, yeah, where, where do we want to start? Uh, let's start. Let's start here. You would be a fool not to see your five stock picks because I will win. Oh, oh, oh. That nice? I don't know about Isn't that. that Here, let me bring him in from timeout because then he can take care of making sure that you are not the one who wins. Jeremy, why is Graham not going to win? Uh, Graham's not going to win because he's probably too safe. The one that's going to win is is Andre because he's the most underdog of all of us. And, and so, therefore, he's likely going to end up winning the competition. Hey, you it's know what I was considering doing? You guys remember that study about the monkey that throws darts at the stock chart? I was thinking about submitting that portfolio because, you know, statistically picking small market caps is going to win. So I was like, yeah. you know, I know you guys are going to pick ETFs or all your growth stocks. I'm just going to pick my monkey to throw at the chart just to prove that study right. But seriously, would that work? It should. I mean, right? just get, statistically, it should, at least in the short term, do pretty well. What was it? I think it was like 96% of the time it outperformed the S&P 500 by like, I don't know. It wasn't by much, but the fact that it outperformed even a little bit, such a heavy amount of time. I mean, it's pretty impressive. I thought it was by something like 90%. So I, because I, when Motley Fooled reached out to us, I was thinking, you know what? I'm just going to pick five random stocks. And they asked us to give them a reason why we picked them. So I just wanted to give them like a, just a picture of a monkey. Just like, that's why yeah. I picked them. <laughs> just see what they say. That would have been that would have been funny. Reason number one, monkey threw it at the dart. Reason number two, <laughs> it just what it hit. <laughs> well, the good news is uh, everybody can go to what is it fool.com slash Andre to see what Andre's picks are and they could see how much of a fool he was with those uh, uh, with right. those monkey picks. <laughs> did, or you, did you guys or, or fool.com slash gram and see what a real portfolio looks like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> did any of you guys do a video on the hamster, the crypto hamster? No, uh -huh. no. Mm -mm. Okay, so that went that viral. Like, you know that? Because I didn't hear about that until it was like all over the internet. 
Yeah. Yeah, it went viral like two weeks ago. It was something like a hamsters was trading crypto somehow in, in a little cage and, and it beat the S&P 500. It was destroying fund managers. And I, I don't know what the yeah. exact return so I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how that was coordinated. Um, he had a wheel. And depending on how long he was on the wheel for, it would pick a different currency. Like it would roll the wheel for like a second. It would go from one to another, to another, to another, to another. And when they stopped on the wheel, then there were two tubes. If he went in one tube, it was buy it. If he went in the other tube, it was sell. So they basically calculated, all right, if he's on the wheel for like three seconds, locks it on this currency, he goes in this one, it's buy. And if he goes in the other one, we're just going to sell it right afterwards. That was yeah. it. Yeah, we do well, a lot. It just that. sounds like this is like bored people trying to do stupid crap assigning basically randomness is what they did. They just assigned randomness to crypto. Uh, relative randomness. It's it's hamster randomness. And, and and then deduced, oh, well, you know, that beat the S&P. Whatever, dude. While they were doing the experiment, all crypto was going up. You'd have to be an idiot not to have made money between, you know, like what, whenever it was, May and, and uh, just recently. Crypto's, crypto's been like this, man. It's been easy. Yeah. Hey, imagine if we hosted a live event version of that where we put Graham or Kevin in a hamster wheel and we just made them run <laughs> and it just picked out random stocks or cryptos <laughs> see if we can beat the s p 500 that would be you, awesome. that's the secret that would do well you're, you're talking about the hamster wheel right andre that's right just like yeah that's that, like real life version like for a human size we're, we're in the real life version as, as youtubers we're in a real life version of the hamster wheel where we keep having <laughs> this is true <laughs> the hamster wheel of the algorithm yeah and we the just know <laughs> so speaking of the algorithm. Uh, why why are things in many cases feeling like they're getting worse? It feels like the great worsening and there's lots of quitting going on. Uh, why don't we uh, take a little bit and see like I want to know from you guys. Why does it feel like real estate's getting more ridiculous, more bubbly? Why does it feel like rents are getting more bubbly? Why are used car prices going up again? Why are lumber costs going up again? Why is oil going up? It can't be inflation because Jerome Powell said it was going to be transitory. What's going on? <laughs> Wait, are you Fear saying that he lied to Delta? us or he flipped? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Graham, what, you tell us. What's your next title? The Fed lied to us? Tell me. <laughs> the Fed just lied. Do this now. <laughs> no, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I find it odd. I, I think originally, Kevin, you touched on one of your videos that uh, – it could have been some Delta variant scares because the way I, I see it is whatever we're seeing now is almost like a delayed reaction of what happened like a month ago. So really we could look back a month, what happened back then that might impact what we see today. And if that's Delta variant kind of being spooky a little bit and uh, more regulation put in place, then maybe that'll have a bit of an impact today. Did you guys see Andre? that coffee that Jeremy drank? That was some Dutch Bros. That was not 50 cent iced coffee I saw there. <laughs> Dude, Dutch Bros is so good. Not sponsored. Oh. I love Dutch Bros, man. It's yeah. So and, and the stock's been red hot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it cooled down, but. Yeah. Go. Ooh, yeah. Invested in it? I, I'm not invested in it. No, I'm not. Not. Whoa. Oh, Great. here we go. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So let me just oh, sorry. fix my computer for a second. Hold on one guys. I slipped. I slipped. There we go. Oh, it happened again. There we go. 
Bomb. So Andre, what do you think? What's what's happening in the market? Is it is it something where uh, you're you're um, spending more money on the house, or are you investing in this thing? Well, I'm finished with the house. Uh, you were here in town, which was awesome. We got to hang out. We went to Hofbrau House. Wait, how do you pronounce it? Hofbrau House. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, your we video go. should be dropping tomorrow, by the way. Yes. Yeah. If you want to see my house tour, Kevin did like a complete house tour, like way more in depth than I did. And he gave me oh, his yeah. thoughts about the remodel and how good of a job I did or not. That oh, We'll see about what happened with that. But I'm not. It's I'm 40 not, minutes I'm, long and I'm posting all of it. Minutes. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. So, no, I'm not really overthinking it. I'm just thinking it's the Delta variant. I don't know what much more there is other than that, but it still doesn't make sense. Like I'm think I'm trying to think about it from my perspective. If I had a job right now and if I was afraid of the Delta variant, if I was vaccinated, would I really be quitting or would I just continue working? And if co companies laid people off, wouldn't I want my unemployment income? I wouldn't want to quit ahead of time unless I had some backup plan. So I'm not sure how much we can blame it on the Delta variant of people quitting ahead of time just because of fear. But I mean, that's the that's my best my best guess. And I'm not sure what other reason people have discovered other than maybe if people have realized just how many ways there are to make money online now. And maybe they're like, listen, I just I don't want to waste my time at this retail job. That's not going to get me anywhere. So maybe they're doing more things online. I could see that happening. But I don't know. What about you, Jeremy? Oh, man, I don't want to talk about all these serious subjects. I'm on cloud nine right now because I just picked up my Model S Plaid edition oh. from they dropped it at the wrong house, so I had to go all the way to Henderson. But oh my gosh, man, I was just oh, enjoying it. Wait, 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 explain this. They dropped First off your Tesla problem. at the wrong house, your other house, Jeremy. Yeah, your house like 20 Henderson. minutes away. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know how you cope. I It's so <laughs> tough. And then I got stuck in traffic going only 30 miles an hour coming back. But anywho, yeah, so I'm, I'm in just on cloud nine right now, so you really can't wait, do wait, anything. Wait. Did, you test out, did you test out launch mode? No, but I can tell you, even in plaid mode, Andre, it's ridiculous. Like that, that car could easily put like there's nothing street legal that could hang with that, in my personal opinion. I don't care what you got. Lambo, Ferrari, Bugatti. You, you, you I, know, you're not. Hanging I with actually that. got to test drive that car the first week it was released because my neighbor has one. And nice. I was like, can I drive it? He's like, sure. So he just let me have at it. It was insane, man. I, I thought I would not feel a difference between the Model S performance and the Plaid, but you do. It's insane. It, it, yeah, it, it's out of control from what I've tested. But anyways, uh, to serious subjects here. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I, something that was on my mind today, I saw a very contrarian thing when it comes to real estate, because I know you brought up real estate, Kevin. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw the article on CNBC today uh, from an analyst who basically actually saying we're overbuilding houses. Everybody says we're underbuilding houses. I know, I know, Kevin, this is a weird one. Everybody says we're underbuilding. We need more houses, more houses. This guy took a completely contrarian view, and he says we're, we're overbuilding right now. And he makes arguments that household formation is going down and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just thought it was interesting because I haven't heard anybody take a contrarian point on that like it's a consensus that we need to build more houses we need to increase the amount of real estate and um he just had a different point of view so i don't know yeah i don't know if you guys got to see that i'm sure you guys might do a reaction to that when you when you see that at some point but hold on wouldn't wouldn't prices be going down if we were overbuilding why why would he say that prices are going up it's yeah because he's it says here 
that the current supply of homes for sale is not indicative of the overall need to build more homes. Demand is strong right now because wait for it. Wait for his statistic. Okay, you ready for this? Wait for it. Quote, because of an unusual emotional surge driven by the pandemic. Who wow. is this idiot? <laughs> this is wow, the stupidest Kevin. garbage I've ever heard. Why are you reading this? Kevin, you're really going in on him. Kevin, what could be an emotional surge, though? Could you explain what he means by that? Well, I think it, and I haven't continued reading, but my guess is probably like, oh, we don't want to live in the city anymore, so we're going to go to the suburbs. But look, you're seeing a lot of cities, uh, with the exception of San Francisco, you're seeing a lot of cities like Chicago, uh, Atlanta, even New York, Manhattan. You're seeing prices up again relative to pre-pandemic. Uh, you uh, specifically for residential, uh, you are seeing uh, we've got what 12 million new households that were formed uh, over the, the period of time where they measure this. I don't know exactly what the period of time is, but we had 12 million housing units formed uh, or, or, or households formed and only like seven point something million house uh, houses created, housing units created. So we have this massive like five million stock shortage. Uh, and uh, again, I don't know, know exactly what time that represents, but I do remember the the, uh, the rest of the statistics. And uh, it takes forever to build homes. I mean, California, just for example, we're building 80,000 homes a year. We need to be building 300,000 homes a year just to be break even with our housing needs. I don't understand where in the world of liability, permits, construction nightmares, this person has the audacity to say we have too many homes. He's a complete moron. And every single person who's frustrated right now about expensive housing should be sending this person an email and telling him how they really feel. <laughs> well, and so I think that's why we got so much attention. Uh, I mean, it was like the number two trending article in CNBC today. I obviously clicked on it because it was, you don't hear anybody doing that right now, right? Stock market. There's people saying the stock market's going to go down 20%. There's people saying it's going to go up 20%. Crypto is people saying it's going to crash. It's going to go up. So that's not interesting. Real estate, everybody has a consensus that we need a lot more homes and, uh, you know, just building a lot more homes. And he just takes a contrarian view and it, it obviously has people's attention. But Kevin, in California specifically, because I know you, this was one of the things you ran on uh, when you were running for governor. Uh, where would these houses be built? You talk about 300,000 houses, like, like what cities, um, you know, like where would you, you imagine the, the main uh, amount of houses being built? Yeah, worth noting, this guy also does some kind of housing summit that he wants to sell you tickets for or sell you stuff for once that's, you're there. Here's the thing, though. That's great marketing, because even if he <laughs> says something that's not true, if yeah. three, even five percent of people who read that believe it, he's getting a hundred times more attention than if he says there's a housing shortage that gets Agreed. lost in the noise. That's what I said for the guy that was talking about real estate. He's like, "Well, Zillow." <laughs> and I was oh, like, yeah. Don't don't get me Great. wrong. But, you know, Be, being an, a moron is complete, like solid marketing. Uh, like there are plenty of morons on the daily. Who are making videos about how the market fracking day 
And like, I, I make videos that have titles, the market, you know, the coming crash or whatever to comment on this bull crap. And then of course you have total morons who just read the title and leave a comment like, yeah, Kevin thinks the market's going to crash every day. If you watch my videos, I'm actually insanely consistent with, 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 I believe. Uh, and, but what you have is you have people that'll do these things where that, oh, well, BlackRock has 25% of their homes in, or 25% of their assets invested in China. And they're the biggest investment firm. Imagine if they go belly up. Then we're going to have a market crash. And when you look into the data of the bull crap they're spewing, it's like, dude, you're you're an idiot, A. B, you're totally wrong. You're referring to like one fund that BlackRock has that represents like 0.1% of all their assets. And of that, 25% is in China. Like that's that's the stupidity that gets views and clicks. And it's hard for us as, as content creators who care about quality and factual content to compete with that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you this. It's not a way to build a reputation because this person can blow this kind of smoke and uh, and, and eventually people find out you're full of crap. I think uh, Kevin's so about to go Super Saiyan 3. Like he's like his eyebrows. <laughs> just I'm about to start screaming. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, wait. First, first off, Kevin, be respectful, okay? These are nice people, okay? Let's not call them morons and idiots, all right? Second, even though oh, I know sorry. you feel what that way. What he said was moronic and okay. idiotic. He's probably a nice idiot or a nice moron. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so, so and, and I mean, there are things to take apart. I haven't read the entire thing here, but then he says like, oh, cited data from the U.S. Census showing household formation down 24% where it was in the prior four decades. But it also makes you wonder, like, how much of that is driven by the pandemic? How much of that was driven by some of the, the latest trends that we've seen where, where younger folks are staying at home more? But remember, we've got a lot more younger folks than we do older folks, right? So I, I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I think... Um, Jeremy, you would ask, where do you build these homes? Dude, if you can build in a desert in Vegas and Henderson, <laughs> you can build interior land of California. It's not that hard. Uh, the problem is you've got incompetent government that wants to say that, and this is this is like very stupid as well, uh, that is, uh, that, that tries to come across as progressive. And so they try to say, well, you know, real estate in Newport Beach is really expensive. We should force Newport Beach to build 4,000 new affordable housing units. And Newport Beach's city council is like, where are we going to put them? Yeah. Where? We are surrounded by a beach and a freaking highway, and there's no more room. What do you want us to do? Well, figure it out. Uh, and, and it's totally stupid because what it's saying is that anybody who wants to get started in real estate should be able to live on the beach of Newport Beach. That, that, that does, it doesn't work that way, okay? You work your way up with a smaller, simpler house. This is ba the basics of capitalism in our country. You don't get handed uh, a beachfront property. You know, it was kind of like The Hill, The Rising, did this thing about corporations buying up all these homes. Uh, and they're like, how is... They were complaining about how this $450,000 house sold with multiple offers for $600,000. And they're like, how does a fixer-upper like this in Washington, D.C. sell for $150,000 over asking? How is a new millennial family ever supposed to get ahead and be able to move in when corporations are buying up all these homes? And then I did the actual research, did a reaction video to it. I'm like, wait a minute. Who says a brand new millennial family is supposed to be able to buy a $650,000 house 
in, mind you, a $900,000 neighborhood once the house is fixed up. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, when you look at the details, these these publications that go viral are completely idiotic. And I'm going to call them, I'm going to call it the way I see it. <laughs> Kevin, uh, okay, so when you talk about 300000 a year, are we talking like 150 Southern California, 150 Northern California? Where would the split be on that? Yeah, well, so you've got over 500 uh, municipalities in California. So really what you you really need to do is you just average it out and everybody's got to build more. But r realistically, what we should be doing is we should be building uh, either vertically uh, or we should be building or in combination to we should be building more, which I kind of prefer build master planned communities outside of large cities. So we don't have to live in downtown Los Angeles. What you need is a new community outside of Los Angeles. And what you do is you put a casino uh, in the middle or a few casinos in the middle. You build new schools, new police departments, new downtown city centers. You have a master planned community. You tax appropriately that community for these new homes that are which you can do with like these mellow ruse assessments, very, very common for new developments. So that way the schools and fire departments, all that are supported. Now you build affordable homes for $400,000 as opposed to $800,000, what your median home price is in California. And you invest in better infrastructure to connect the cities and those suburbs. And with work from home becoming more popular, give people an opportunity not to leave California to go to Vegas or Texas or Florida. Give them more affordable housing options outside of our big, big, big cities. You're, you're um, talking so. about like areas like Rancho Cucamonga, like places like that, right? Or maybe out in Riverside? Any, anywhere there's space. That's that's my thing. And look, people, people are like, well, what about the farmland? Fly over California. Uh, if you fly just vertically over California, you will see zero shortage of land. In other words, there is plenty of land in California. Now we have an idiot governor who doesn't make sure we have enough water and enough power for our state. But, you know, that's why I ran. Kevin, is that. it possible to even do that, make casinos with uh, with uh, agreements right now with tribal casinos? Yeah. So what you have look, everything in politics is a negotiation. Right. But what in my opinion, the, the what you do is you uh, you partner with the casino, the uh, tribes. Hey, we're going to build new or we have a vision to build to legalize all forms of gambling. And we want to partner with you. Where do you all want to build? What if we gave you access to land that you don't have right now so you can expand your business while at the same time we let the win or the MGM or whatever come and compete in certain areas? You just negotiate it out. Ultimately, most organizations want growth. And uh, having a, 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 in my opinion, version of a progressive capitalist governor would allow you to do that. Graham, could you imagine a win in like Beverly Hills? Oh my God. <laughs> the thing is, well, I, don't, I don't know I many mean, cities that are big enough to support something. You need a substantial amount of space. It would no, have no, to be and, like- And that's what I'm saying yeah. is don't, don't put it in like Beverly Hills or something. You don't have to, you don't need to. You could, maybe in the future, right? You could, because you could have legalized gambling everywhere. Existing hotels could add in gambling if they wanted to. Uh, but in my opinion, you build new casinos, just like you have Vegas strips. Imagine like 10 Vegas strips outside of Fresno, outside of Bakersfield, outside of Barstow, uh, outside of Sacramento. Now, all of a sudden, you have 10 brand new Vegas strips in California. Uh, and people have a choice like, OK, we did Vegas. Now we're going to try the, you know, the Taylor Swift show outside Sacramento because she's on the strip over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind that's how you create jobs. That's how you build new communities. 
I, I'm just tired of, of uh, you know, the lack of growth. And then you have people like this saying, oh, no, we don't need to build more houses. What are you talking about? You're pulling stats out of your bum or you're manipulating them to lie to people to sell your your summit or whatever this jerks do. I don't, it pisses me off. Kevin, that's what that's what Vegas did. We, we built Summerlin as a master plan community, and that's how we kind of expanded. We put a casino there. There's Red Rock and, and the area really flourished. And some of the highest pieces of real estate, some of the most valuable pieces of real estate are in, in Red Rock in, um, was it, Summerlin. So it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a, it, it's a plan that works and it's worked before it's worked here in Vegas. So it's clearly the most obvious thing to do. Yeah. yeah and, and the thing is, it's just it's not that hard. What you need is, is streamlined government processes to streamline permitting to make it simpler, get the government out of the way, you know, still inspect properties to make sure they're safe to better standards. You know, 2022 standards should be way better than 2018 standards. That's fine. Uh, make sure house homes are efficient in that but let the market do its thing and the market doing its thing is providing more houses and guess what if if there's an inflection point in 10 years like maybe this guy is thinking like oh in 10 years we're not going to need as many homes fine then guess what housing becomes more affordable for people that's a good thing mm. solved yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. crisis averted <laughs> there we go yeah. So when, when you're when you're flying in your private jet over California, you said there's a lot of land out there, huh, Kevin? There's so much <laughs> land I see from that beautiful Phenom 300 that if I wanted to buy, I'd have to wait 18 months for. <laughs> 18 months? Not that I not that I looked it up or anything. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you said you. I saw your Instagram story. You were saying something like the private jet companies are super booked up right now, and then you can't even get a, a, a private jet right now. Or what was that about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> the private jet companies are so booked up right now because the commercial airlines are delaying flights like crazy. They're canceling flights like crazy. The one time so far this year, uh, I took a, a JetBlue flight to a very important meeting in Florida. It was a podcast. Uh, the the flight was so horribly delayed that I ended up 15 minutes late, even though I should have had I should have had four or five hours of buffer. Uh, and uh, it, and so people are frustrated over this. So they're they're you know splitting the fare for a private jet. So for example, if you're going to fly you know San Diego to San Francisco and it's eight grand, but you can put six people in it. Hey, whatever, twelve hundred bucks a ticket. That's still a lot. Don't get me wrong. But for for companies, it's making sense to do that uh, rather than pay like first class $1,200 on, on a, you know, or business class or whatever on South, well, Southwest doesn't have it, but whatever, like American or United or whatever, and then end up getting canceled or delayed. And the, like, listen, the shortages, this is what I'm saying. Like everything's worse and it's no surprise people are quitting. Uh, last time I went to LAX, uh, I uh, went to the, well, I went to where I usually go at, at the airport, the bar. And uh, I was talking to the bartender and, and she is like, I'm not even supposed to be in this terminal. I'm supposed to be in that one. I'm so tired of this effing union because they're trying to make me work and manage all these other people, but they don't show up and we can't hire enough people. So I'm overworked. Like I want to quit. There's so much frustration at the airports right now. So when I was leaving Vegas, we got there to the terminal, the private terminal. And the, the pilots are standing there like, yeah, we don't have gas. And I'm like, I don't need that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they're like, we don't have enough gas. We got to get kerosene. And uh, and I'm like, okay, like get gas. 
<laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, it's it's a two and a half hour queue right now to no. get kerosene for them to drive the little gas cars uh-huh. around and get you gas. Now, because this private company does so much business with that airport and they probably pay higher fees, we ended up getting bumped uh, and we got gas within 10 minutes. Everybody, like a bunch of other commercial flights were getting canceled. I texted the coordinator of the event, that Pokemon event we went to, uh, out of the blue. I'm I'm on the runway. He texted me and he's like, hey, man, my flight just got canceled. I can't get out of Vegas, so I'm going to the planet instead because I told him to go there, Jeremy. (laughs) And, uh, And then he actually said his buddy is manually going to drive back. Uh, to Texas, well, manually, like, is just literally just going to drive. That's a long drive. 20, That's eight hours. hours. T- yeah, twenty hours. That's why, like, you you literally it, this whole like supply crisis and the worker shortage, it's so bad. Like, there's plenty of money. That's the that's the weird thing about this market is everybody's got plenty of money. Uh, and I don't obviously want to speak for everyone, but you look at household savings, you look at, you know, repos, or whatever, there's plenty of money in the ecosystem, but like it's become very hard to spend money because you're, you're paying not in dollars, but in frustration and time. Right. That yeah. I, I, Andre, yeah. isn't that, the, isn't that the worst Andre? Have you ever had your private jet run out of fuel before? Uh, it's so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> How's the no, but speaking of going to the Pokemon event, speaking of going to the Pokemon event, though, uh, we were all there, and Graham, you pulled a Charizard on stage. So I did. Uh, it was it was a charity event uh, with Steve Aoki and Gary, the Pokemon King, and Graham and I, and I don't know, Jeremy, did you go up? They they yeah. had us. They had us. Yeah, you did. They had us all open a pack or, or a set of three, and it was crazy because for like the first, I want to say, eighty percent of the event. People started to think that this box, which is supposed to have 36 packs, was rigged because nobody was getting good cards. It was crazy. And then Graham just yeah. freaking Charizard out of nowhere. Yeah, it was it was odd, though, because the first edition box, it was like just for those that aren't aware, there are usually anywhere from 11 to 13 hollows per box. So you have a one in three chance of pulling a hollow. And for the first like two hours of this event, People were not pulling any hollows. It was weird. They all started showing up at the end, though. So, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the chances of that. But anyway. By the they, way, the, the, the lot, I think, how much was it? Like twelve to $15,000 on average that people bid. And yes. the advertising for that event was so bad because nobody yeah. was able to get a lot for, just because they launched it before people even knew about it. So we unfortunately we weren't able to get our our three packs. So whatever I opened, yeah. I opened for someone else. I didn't get anything, and I felt so bad because whoever had me open for them, I feel like I just gave them the worst of luck. Anyway. Yeah, I I ended up uh, going into an agreement to buy one first edition pack uh, that was supposed to be a, a heavy, and it turned out it was not a. Heavy. We weighed it before, and uh, the the seller was incredible. It was so nice. Yeah. We cracked. So anyone- uh, the, the, yeah. To anyone who doesn't know what Graham just said, by the way, when he says weigh it, uh, there's these scales that are so sensitive, you could basically blow on them and they weigh, weigh the air on them. There's like, I don't know, hundreds of a gram. And it's the holographic ink on a play, on a card that is like 0.02 grams heavier. And so whenever you weigh a pack, if, if it falls below a th- certain threshold, which I think was like below 20 grams. Below 20 21. Grams, 
Anything below 21 yeah, is below a light pack. Yeah, which means you're not going to get that expensive card. Anything over 21, you will. And so people that weigh them will sell them as a premium. And so Grandma's going to buy the heavy one, but it turned out to be a light. Yeah, yeah. and just, just so you can Are picture. you still awake? <laughs> uh, well, I just thought, man, we're on a roll. We're talking about private jet fuel. We're talking about $10,000 packs of, of Pokemon cards. We're on a roll, guys. Yeah, and just to keep Buying that roll flat. going, just so you can picture oh, yeah. the flat. scale. You got to picture oh, oh, the scale. Kevin, Kevin, no, Kevin, no, Kevin, no, we can't, we can't do that, Kevin. Kevin, no, there goes the monetization. It's the scale. There goes the monetization now. You, you oh, owe us. Whatever. Which reminds me. If you have not yet, make sure to learn about great stocks, including potentially marijuana-based stocks, by checking out my top five stocks by going to metkevin.com slash fool right here, legal in California. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hope that the YouTube algorithm didn't catch that. But yeah, hopefully it was all right. Hopefully it was all right. It just logs all our users off right now. Like no one's watching this feed anymore. So, oh my goodness. So Kevin... Um, when you buy a tattoo chef stock, uh, what, once I cover my shorts, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> when, when are you going to learn, Kevin? Tattoo chef's going to be a beast someday. You're going to see. It's just been printing so well uh, Kevin, for the last like two weeks. Have you ever heard of long-term investing before? Or is that nope? <laughs> <laughs> just started two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're doing day trading, swing trading, or what you're doing over there, but long term, Kevin, buy and hold, buy and hold. Isn't that right, Andre? Buy That's and right. hold. For example, the Charizard I bought or the set, somebody just oh, no. listed it for two hundred seventy thousand dollars on eBay. Just that one what do you, card. No way. Wait, which card? The what? PSA ten Charizard, the Shadowless, non first oh. edition, listed but on that's eBay for seventy. But that's a that's an ask price. Listen, Gary puts his whole collection up there for twenty six million dollars. Sure, but I mean, where else are you going to find it if it's not there it's from a private sale? Maybe, I'm, but either I'm way, I feel saying, good. I'm just crossing my fingers someone buys it at that price or close to there. I I think I think Graham's just hating on Andre because Andre, you're starting to get better deals and negotiating better than Graham. That's right. I think that's oh. what's going on here. You want to see good deals? Watch that video I'm about to post of of uh, Andre's house coming out tomorrow. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a facetious comment or if that's a serious comment. You got to find out. You'll man. see, and then maybe one of these days, Graham will let me post the specific video that uh, of of a, of a another walkthrough. Oh yeah, yeah. Kevin did another walkthrough that uh, that I was supposed to do, but Kevin got first dibs on it. And uh, we're, we're both going to be coming out right. with our own videos. Yeah, you you have you have first post. Kevin's going to post after me. It's going it's right. going to be good. Did you, guys, did you guys do a video with a hundred million dollar walkthrough or something? No, no. Uh, what was You'll it? see it. You'll see it when it comes out. All right. Was it your one of your houses or somebody else's? You'll see it when it comes out. <laughs> secret. <laughs> secret. Tell me. It's not a secret. It's a secret. I can't do that. So go to motleyfool.com forward slash. Yeah. So how about this, guys? Why are so many people quitting right now? Let, well, let's cover the title of the video yeah, really quick before I we move on to the stock market. Is it, is it possibly women? 
Oh, and, and this is not a sexist thing. It's just this is what what my research is showing is that uh, you have, uh, first of all, a disproportionate amount of women who or disproportionate amount of people who work jobs under forty thousand dollars are women and minorities with the minority part separate a disproportionate amount of those those jobs under forty thousand dollars are service-based you know bartenders uh waitresses house cleaning uh hotel service jobs right this is just statistics okay so for all the sensitive people statistics uh then you have uh a lot of women who are disproportionately the child caretakers in, in a family not all just disproportionate and uh it, a lot of families are not wanting their children to potentially get covid and their children can't get the vaccine yet not saying you have to vaccinate your children okay geez all the pc stuff but anyway uh this is potentially leading less women to be in the workforce uh and uh you know is is that potentially a drag as to why hotels and airports and service-based travel-based industries are having trouble actually hiring people uh, you know, maybe in part because of children or whatever else. What if it's a, an omittance of statistics? So, for example, if we sh first show the statistics of how many people are quitting, does it show within that same statistic how many people were maybe hired by another company because they got a better offer somewhere else? Or is it just showing the quitting that's a, number? That's how I interpreted this. I interpret it like, hey, they're quitting because they're getting hired somewhere else at a better wage. Like you have right. to think too, if there's a wage shortage and right now you're working at, you know, Joe Schmo company making $10 an hour and there's a shortage and now all of a sudden you get to drop somewhere else for 18 an hour, it makes sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you're becoming an independent contractor also instead of an employee? Right. Yeah, that's true. So I'm just saying, as far as, far as the statistics go, do those numbers kind of include it within that whole thing? Or is it just showing the people quitting? Well, I don't think that's the full picture. Yeah, I mean, I would say let's let's look because this is the, the data can tell us that. So this is BLS, Employment of Women on Non-Farm Payrolls by Industry Sector. Uh, with the seasonal adjustment. And so really what you could do here is you could look at September of 2020. So this column right here, compare it to this. So uh, total private, you've gone up 0.1%. Uh, you've got goods producing, you've gone up 0.2%. Uh, trying to see where there's a decline. Here's a decline. Oh, in mining and logging, we now have slightly less women working. In mining and logging. Uh, but I'm not actually seeing massive shifts here. Here's a shift. Transportation and warehousing, you actually saw employment by women go up by four-tenths of a percent. Uh, wait, hold on. That's that's actually just from August. Let me go to last year. Oh, here we go. 1.3%. So more transportation and warehousing jobs. So think like Amazon, right? That's, that's just an example I could think of. But otherwise, these numbers aren't like insanely different. Uh, so I can't say, at least based on this, I mean, even government, we went from 
you know, 57.4% women to 58%. So, so maybe 0.6% went to government. I, I don't know. These don't seem like huge shifts. Mm. Okay. So I guess it could be that people are just getting rehired at better offers then, right? Or, or, or is that just showing the women's statistic? We look at like everyone. Well, that's where we could go to average hourly earnings. And we can see that, well, this is average hourly, average weekly. So average weekly earnings for all people uh, has gone up year over year. We went from 845 to 894. So that's, what is that? 5% or something like that. And uh, month over month, just sort of consistent with that trend. Uh, average pay per hour used to be 2479. Now it's 2615. So 2615 divided by what it was. 2479. That's uh 5.4% up. So I mean, yeah, wages have gone up. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, in, even here, look, leisure hospitality, you've gone from average hourly of 1480 to 1671. If anything, it almost seems like that's a higher rate. And let's try that. Really yeah, quick. yeah, look at look at primarily retail. Because um, I think that's the sector's most affected. Okay, so leisure hospitality went up 12.9%. So big. while overall wages went up 5.4% year over year, leisure and hospitality went up 12.9%. So they are trying to pay more, but they're, we're still having these shortages. Man, it makes me think like if I was, let's say, graduating high school right now, I might have never gone to college, to be honest, <laughs> just because there's so many jobs that pay really, really well that you can get yeah. right off the jump, uh, you know, versus when I obviously graduated and it was a great recession and it was like no jobs. And if you got a job, it was, you know, minimum wage and it was limited hours and things like that. Like, shoot, man, it is, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there. I, I go to fast food places all the time. They're hiring at like, you know, 14, 15, $16 an hour. You know, um, it's just it's it's an interesting time we're going through. You know, I bet if I was graduating. Oh, what's that? Oh, well, snap. Oh I, I, I want to ask Kevin a question here. Is this a time Tesla uh, is making its big move? It's over 800 here. Oh, yeah. I was actually going to ask you when you were going to sell uh, Tattooed Chef and finally get into a real stock like Tesla. <laughs> um, but Kevin. Uh, yeah. Why, why, don't, why don't you sell your Peloton and then get in a real stock like Tattoo Chef for the See, next five years? See, if you paid attention, you would have already known that I sold all of my Peloton at 113. Kevin, Kevin, you're in and out of so many stocks. We can't keep track. That's a full-time job. We don't know you're in. See, you're in Jeremy, you got you to gotta join the Stocks and Psychology and Money Group. The coupon code is expiring. You get 17% off, but the price is going up. I've got this down. Then you'd have all the tracking right there for you. I took the words Graham, right out of my mouth. I think Graham has an affiliate program set up. Jeremy, where's mine? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, uh, yeah, hey, I mean, look, Tesla used to, uh, and, and it's interesting. I haven't, um, uh, I actually have not counted this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count this out with you all now. Uh, Tesla used to do this thing where it would do 21-day runs. Uh, and, uh, and, and that was where you would literally just have this, this cycle of like 21 days of up. Quite frankly, we've been on an uptrend longer, but we've had red days in between. So I don't know if we can really call it 21 days of runs. But 
this this acceleration of the price going up is happening. It's real. See, I drew this trend line. See, look at this. I drew this trend line over here. Uh, this is a faster rate. And now we're at an even faster rate. So I'd have to kind of draw this line up and out more, up being the important part. But anyway, we are moving up faster than we have uh, previously. Uh, it, it, I mean, look at this chart. This chart's a disaster. Usually when we get those 21-day runs, we see stuff like this, where it just goes insane because all of a sudden the stock becomes in vogue again. Uh, and what's really interesting now, especially for you, Jeremy, because I know you, you're into interested in the options right now, the implied volatility on Tesla right now is insanely low. And that's because it's been a year of this, almost well, maybe not a full year, but it's it's been like, 10 months of the stock doing nothing or trading sideways. So I actually just bought some call options on it because the volatility is so low right now. And if it keeps running, it's going to be pretty juicy. But it, I think it deserves it. I mean, I, I love Tesla. I know it's expensive, but I'm a big bull. And, and you're still holding the, the bunch of options you bought a, a while back, right? Yep. Yep, I am. Okay. And then uh, I've been looking into this one, another Kathy Wood favorite lately, TDoc, Teladoc. I've been spending a lot of time on that one lately. Mm. Uh, still early days there. It's interesting, though. I, I want to ask you, though, I mean, because my concern is that you have a ton of people still in stocks like Peloton, TDoc, Zoom, uh, and, and the stay-at-home stocks because they fear Delta coming back this winter, which it may. However, when this whole Delta stuff goes away, people are going to rotate out, in my opinion, uh, of those trades. They're always going to be hodlers. You know, those hodlers are going to hold the price at some level. But above the hodlers are the traders, and the traders are going to get out. Uh, and, and I just think the more we see cases go down, the more the traders get out, that have, even if they've been a year-long trade or whatever, they're going to get out of things like TDoc. I don't know. What, what's your thought on that? Is it just, you know, it's gone down enough? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, TDoc's getting interesting because it's fallen so much. I mean, that one topped at like 300. It's down to 131 today. It was at 129 the other day. So I still got to do more research in the company in general. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as a short-term basis, I think a lot of the money's already flowed out. The big money. The retail okay. money's not moving a lot of those type of market caps. Like a, like a TDoc's like $20 billion. You know, I, I think yeah. a lot of money's already moved out of that that one. Uh, you know, uh, what we're talking about, Zoom. Zoom's already, I mean, that's a $75 billion company. And big money, I think, has already moved out of that one for the most part. But each of these has its own story. Peloton's a story that I've never liked because at the end of the day, fitness companies get super hot, red hot, and mm. then they, they go red, you know, they, they go cold. That's just the bottom line. Like, they'll go crazy with growth and then... Zoom is almost feels like a one trick pony. So that's why I'm not that interested in Zoom, although it's, the stock's fallen dramatically. TDoc seems like potential, a potential long term play that is a, a five year, 10 year type play that's just, you know, with massive upside. But I got to do more research there. But you really got to take all these stocks one at a time. You can't just group them all in, in my opinion now, and say they're all the same or they're all going to have the same trajectory. Mm -hmm. Each has its own story. So, yeah, I like Jeremy. That. <laughs> You know what uh, Kathy Wood also really, really likes? You forgot about this one. Uh, uh, your camera's a little blurry, Andre. All right, sorry. Uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> this one. <laughs> well, Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been beasting, Andre. You've been making a fortune. You're looking like a beast right now. 
Oh yeah, the Beanie Babies. I, I, it's crazy. I don't know why they go up. I don't know. <laughs> it's such a weird. Oh weird man. Thing. Same by the way. Same by the way. Shiba Inu. I've been following. I've been yeah. following this. What is it at now? Uh, it's fallen slightly. I am surprised. We've barely seen a dip over the last day. It's at uh, almost zero point zero 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 three cents. Wow. I'm, is, is I am. Listen, I honestly, I gotta say, I'm shocked. So far, there's not a dump, and uh, things have held fairly steady since uh, Friday. Which, Andre, you guys see something like that, I'm actually, I'm actually impressed. Andre, I got a question. Is there a thing? Is there a thing in the crypto community where you know? I, I know you're big in in Bitcoin and Ethereum by far, but is there a thing in in the crypto community where you know people that are playing smaller tokens and are making crazy gains like laugh at people that maybe hold Bitcoin or other cryptos and like <laughs> you're only getting that much? You old grandfather holding your Bitcoin. Yeah, pretty much every small market cap crypto coin is that. It's like this story of like, ha, you boomer, I just made a thousand percent last week. And one of them, I don't know if, I'm sure you guys heard about it. And gosh, I, I don't know if I say it because if I, I know if I say it, it's going to get taken out of context. They're going to post it on their Twitter account and be like, see, he's in, he's a bull. But it, it starts with F and ends in Loki. So uh, <laughs> there's that. There's also, uh, there's also Omi. That's going up like crazy recently. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge Omi, the homie fan. Uh, my, <laughs> my investments actually kind of recovered from where I bought it at. Okay. Yeah, you posted myself. that on Instagram today, didn't you? Andre? Yeah, I actually, I actually just bought, uh, an NFT. It's the first one. It's like the first edition Charizard equivalent of, of an NFT that they minted on their platform, which is actually a Batman figurine that Ooh. originally sold for $70. Um, but it's now like $1,500. But anyway, I'm hoping it's going to be the next CryptoPunk. It's probably not, but, you know, who knows? Hey, Graham, are you interested in this guy right here? The planet, planet at 440. It's, uh, it just keeps dropping, though. That's the thing. I've been watching it. I invested a little bit. I don't know what I, don't know what I told you. It was during the pandemic. Uh, invested a little bit in there, but I've yet to buy back in. Why does it, why does it just keep falling? Well, I think that goes for a lot of small caps. It falls in that category. The hype's dead in a lot of those stocks. There's really not any hype around the planet. They're executing. The fundamentals are great. It's just there's not hype around the stock. A lot of people are just are not as interested in the stock market right now. And um, it's just, you know, there was like this huge flush in of money that that made a lot of prices just rise to crazy levels in a very short amount of time. And then we have the bleeding out of that that's going I'm on. I'm telling you, this year, I, I still think we're going to get that crazy exponential curve for crypto. Like I'm this close from just moving a substantial amount of my cash into something like Ethereum. Just because next year, I think it's going to go insane. Um, wow. The So, so so this uh, actually last week or what was it yesterday two days ago i don't remember uh dogecoin the Do dogecoin millionaire pro the dogecoin millionaire he was in town because he was shooting a documentary with netflix which we kind of all got to be a part of and the next documentary they're producing they're following around vitalik buterin the creator of ethereum mm -hmm. For what he's doing and their migration from, uh, you know, proof of uh, proof of work to proof of stake. And that is going to be huge, especially when that comes out, because I, I just think next year Ethereum is just going to crush it. So I, I think Ethereum is going to be the best bet. Just mark this episode and just like fast forward a year from this point on to like 2022 in October. 
And uh, let's see what where Ethereum's at from that point on. Yeah, it could be. But the thing is, man, these things have already gone on such big runs. The market caps have already gotten so oh, bloated. No, oh, we are gosh, just no, getting I, started. Listen, no. I really think the, the market cap, I think, for Bitcoin is still in its infancy. It's I infancy. really believe that. When you look at just how much money is going into it right now and still how it's like, they don't even know what, what to do with it. They have no idea how to regulate it. I mean, it's still like so new. It's just like the fact that the White House is now just barely beginning to like, they're going to hire experts to look into it. That, that's really where they are right now. So I think that tells us we're at the very beginning. It, it's over a trillion dollars now, isn't it? The market cap? That's that's like a baby. <laughs> a baby? Oh yeah, that's a child. Yeah, wow. it's yeah. Trust me, there's All nothing right. I could. Yeah, I I I don't know how to convince Jeremy. I made a believer out of Graham a little bit, but Jeremy, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, Kevin it, gets it. It, it's hard for me to believe in things that don't have utility, and it's not just against Bitcoin. It's it's against gold as well. You know, gold. Utility. What do you mean utility? Like it doesn't do anything. Mm. Bitcoin doesn't do anything, just as gold doesn't do anything, right? Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying the ability to have control over your money as a sovereign thing, the ability for third world countries to compete on a global economic relevance, the ability to send money that's immutable, that's that's not a utility at all. There's likely way better cryptos than Bitcoin to use for those things, is there not? Technologically, yes, 100%. Now, if that mattered, Bitcoin would have not been in the top 10 years ago. We have had better technologies. The way crypto moves is not based on what like technology is the best. It's based on brand recognition and Bitcoin has things going for it that can never be replicated ever again, which the market values extremely high. Like yeah. the fact that we don't know who the creator is. That's believe it or not, that's a huge yeah. part of the fact that Bitcoin is faceless. We can't really point to one individual and say, ha, this guy's scammy or whatever it is. Th yeah. There's no such thing. So, so Bitcoin has a lot of things going for it that can't be replicated. Oh, but, I, I fully understand that. It doesn't mean I have to agree with it, right? You know what I mean? Well, uh, which part do you disagree with? Well, what I just don't agree with is that it should be valued the way it's valued or, or okay. anything even close to that. Um, same thing goes for gold. Like, like I said, like, you know, pitching, pitching Bitcoin and pitching gold can be somewhat similar, right? The use cases can be a little different. Um, you know, gold say, oh, you know, the, the thing was, oh, it's made for jewelry. It's been around for thousands of years. We've always had value. Bitcoin, it's like, you know, it's another store of value. But at the end of the day, gold and Bitcoin are basically used as stores of value. Everything else is very secondary. Which and, one do you think is better, gold or Bitcoin? I mean, if I had to buy one... Uh, I guess I would probably buy Bitcoin, maybe. Okay. But I, you know I, what market like, cap gold is? Yeah, about ten trillion, I would assume. Right. So, yeah. do you think if do you think by that logic that if technology is the only thing objectively matters, that Bitcoin would eventually replace the market cap of gold? I, I, I don't think gold should be valued at ten trillion. That's my issue. It is. <laughs> but it, but the market isn't your opinion, right? It just is. Yeah, and that's why I don't participate in those markets. I like things that actually produce stuff. I like companies okay. that actually do something in the world, right? I That's like, uh, you know, I like maybe real estate as a, as a backup because at least people need somewhere to live. Like humans need somewhere to live. So but you can- Jeremy, here's the thing. I'm worried that sort of thinking might end up holding you back. I was very much the same way. And I have to say, just watching how things have developed over the, the last like 
four years with cryptocurrency and NFTs. And even though I do agree that some of these are very hypey and very bubbly, um, they are now a part of our society and you can't value them anymore the way that you would a company. They're not a part of our society. They're not a part of our society. They're a part of the investment community, but they're not. Bitcoin is not relevant and Ethereum is not relevant in the real world. I, I think it is the fact that corporations are putting a lot of money into it. The fact yeah, that Tesla put a portion it, of the reserve. It's just not relevant, though. Jeremy, what you're seeing in the first world here in the U.S. as far as the utility of Bitcoin and Ethereum is nowhere near the amount of utility that it's getting around the world where it actually matters, where the utility is much better served for people that are you know, surrounded by debased fiat currencies. Um, you don't yeah. see that because you don't live in those you know, countries, but around the world, like it's an insane amount of utility that's, that's going on. If you're using it, uh, I guess you're, you're just not seeing it because you're not using it that way, which, which I understand. But I mean, I guess you could argue the same way that the stock market is kind of part of the investment class. I mean, it, we don't do anything with stocks. Like, what do you do with it? You wipe your butt with it. You don't do anything with it. It's on your phone. It's just a, a figment. It's a, it's a digital representation of a company that yes, produces goods, but uh, otherwise, it's it's yeah. just a, a thing. The, I mean, the fact is you you wipe out every single crypto in the world out tomorrow. Let's say they're all gone. No one blinks an eye other than people that have money in it. Fact. You wipe Facebook off the face of the earth tomorrow. Everybody's going to be like, what the heck am I going to do? You wipe YouTube off the face of the earth. You wipe Google off the face of the earth tomorrow. You wipe Apple off the face of the earth tomorrow. Everybody's going to be like, what the flip am I doing? You know what That's- I mean? I, I do, but I don't understand the logic. I'm not following what that means. Yeah, it, it's, it means, it's not the it best comparison. one matters because, and one doesn't. Because you could say that by get, by getting rid of like Facebook, let's say, that's separate from owning stock in Facebook. It would be like saying, you know, you get rid of Bitcoin or the internet. If you get rid of the internet, then everyone freaks out the same way that that would apply to Bitcoin too. Right. It's, yeah. it's the stock ownership. If Facebook went private tomorrow, and no stocks were available. No one could invest in Facebook. I don't think anyone would really blink an eye. Yeah, that's true. I think the same thing would apply with any company that goes that right. goes private. Yeah, but the utility, Graham, that's what you're you're missing. The, when you own shares in a stock, you're, it represents the underlying company. And, and the fact is, at least in the United States, like if you wipe Bitcoin, Ethereum, like no one's affected by that. You will, if if Apple just disappears tomorrow, fifty percent of Americans are affected by that. So let's let's follow that logic. Therefore, what? Okay, so Facebook. Therefore, people freak out. Therefore, what? Therefore, Apple has tremendous value, real value to us as humans. Bitcoin serves almost no value to humans right now. Doesn't mean it can't. Maybe in ten years, we're all using Bitcoin transactions. I said, thank you. I just needed a soundbite for my video. <laughs> That's all I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, Jeremy. It's we're, facts, we're though. You can't debate it. But here's the thing. I bet you could say the same thing of someone in the 80s, let's say, who grew up with, with real value investing, looking at tech companies. Like you gave the example of Facebook. There are so many people that could maybe look at Facebook and say, there's no way it should be valuable. No way Google should. Yeah. Same with tech companies. So that could be from tech to crypto is what value is to tech. So, so Graham, I don't think the 80s is the best time to period to look for. You could talk about the tech bubble, right? When that was a time period when folks that were super into tech stocks, right? 
that didn't have a lot of real world utility at that time were saying, dude, this is the future. You got to get in. You got to get in. Prices right. went crazy. Valuations went crazy without these things having much real world impact, right? Most of those companies ended up disappearing and no one blinked an eye. Like, I don't care, right? Jeremy, and we could time. be going through one of those periods in crypto right now and just no one realizes it. But when you're making money, you have all the you have everything on your side, right? It's like, dude, look at it's pumping. We're moving up again. You know, get on get on the train or don't. So but we Jeremy, just don't know if we're going through one of those. Aren't you taking somewhat of an arbitrary metric like production and judging a different asset class based on a metric that one asset class is better at? Like, for example, real estate. What production does real estate produce? It doesn't produce anything. So how could you look at a, at a different asset class that's more like a commodity and say, well, it doesn't produce anything. Therefore, it's like it's like biting an apple and being like, well, this doesn't taste like a banana. It sucks. It has no utility. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Home, yeah. Homes are highly relevant. We're all in our homes recording these videos right now. If our home right. burns down tomorrow, you know, we're in trouble. Right. All of a sudden we're like, shoot, we need somewhere else to live. So we need to buy another home. It's extremely relevant. Like and if all the homes just disappear in the United States of America, there would be a massive deal. Right. We'd all be like the whole United States would stop overnight. Right. So th that's where we're talking about what's actually relevant in the real world. What should things be valued at? The fact is Ethereum could be the biggest thing to, to hit planet Earth, but right now it's not. That's just factual. You can't you can't say Ethereum has some great impact on us all because if Ethereum went away tomorrow, no one's impacted. Other than maybe a few people that work on the Ethereum project and people that are invested in it. But don't Versus you think the stock market works the same way that we look at future earnings of a company and we don't look at Tesla for what it's worth now and we look at what it could be worth in the future? You could make the same argument in that case. It's Tesla is responsible for production of anything and everything in the world, but it could be in the future. Therefore, I'm willing to pay $800 per share for it. You could make the same case against or for Bitcoin. Absolutely. But here, here's the difference, right? Uh, with, with Tesla, I can run you out numbers that will justify its valuation, right? And what I've consistently had trouble with getting out of people is them running numbers to justify the valuation of Bitcoin. Like, why is, why is Bitcoin worth a trillion plus dollars? Why should it be worth $10 trillion in five years or 10 years from now, right? I have a lot of trouble getting those sorts of numbers. There's a lot of people that can run Tesla projections and tell you why Tesla should be valued at $800 billion today and why it deserves to be valued at $1.6 trillion in this year and things like that. So that, that's another issue we have um, from, from that standpoint. Well, I think I could prove to you how Bitcoin could be worth someday a $10 trillion market. But I think what you would disagree on is the valuation. You'd be like, well, I just don't think it's worth that much which I would probably disagree and say, well, the market doesn't care what you think it might be worth. There are catalysts for it to get there. So you might disagree. Yeah. Like I might disagree that some dude's house is worth a million dollars. I might look at it and say, well, that, that, that's a stupid house. I think it's worth half that, right? Just because I disagree with the valuation doesn't mean I speak for the market. And I can, right. Yeah. No, 100%, Andre, you're correct. And that goes for any asset, any stock, like you said, real estate, property, crypto, anything. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's all in the eyes of the beholder, right? And um, yeah, we, we just don't know what period we're going through in crypto right now. Maybe we're in a, like you said, maybe crypto is about to go on a super cycle and next thing you know, Bitcoin's going to be a 5 trillion, 10 trillion, Ethereum's going to be a multi-trillion. Or maybe we're in the tech bubble days right now. We just don't That's realize. Fair. That's fair. So I will ask you this then. What will convince you of Bitcoin's relevancy? Like what does it take for Jeremy to be convinced? Yeah, I've got to see, uh, you know, 
I've got to see it in the real world in, in a major way, right? I, I've got to see people around me um, using cryptocurrencies. I've got to see, you know, for, for whatever it is, I've got to see myself being like, oh, I need to use this, right? I've got to see it out there, right? In the real world for me to say, okay, this is this is like real in, in a major way. But then it comes down to also getting back to valuation, right? So, so, so sorry, when you say use it, like I use my credit card from BlockFi all the time to pay for everything because I get like 1.5% Bitcoin rewards. I use it all the time. So mm -hmm. Can you can you specify or clarify what you mean by like you use it? Because I use it all the time. I don't spend it, but I but I collect it and I earn it and I'm holding it. But yeah, you're you're holding it, right? Um, I think I think what Ethereum did over the past year, I think as far as like NFTs building on Ethereum, I think that's a good building block, right? I think that's a good start. But I've got to see a lot more from Ethereum over time. And if if then we go off the the rails and talk about other crypto projects, you know, like like yeah, I mean just a lot. Of, I mean Ethereum is probably the, the best real world case I can think of um, in terms of something that people are actually into right now when it comes to like those NFTs and whatnot. So mm. Andre, um, what Jeremy's really saying is he wants to see their earnings reports. Um, <laughs> he wants to see future projections, whether or not they pay a dividend. It's a lot of right. things, the price to earnings ratio until yeah, Bitcoin is a price to earnings ratio, <laughs> staying away from it. I uh, want a forward PE. Kevin, you're yeah, awfully sure. quiet. I want to hear from you, Kevin. Well, I mean, I was listening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think what it is, is there are different types of demand, you know, real estate, for example, is a necessity and, and crypto is not a necessity, but you kind of have this like imputed demand uh, and, and it's kind of an imputed demand of, of will, like people want it. People want to put their money into what they believe is uh, uh, untouchable by the government, even though we're going to get regulated the crap out of, right? Which in, to some degree we should. Uh, that's what people want. So people are creating their own market. I mean, to some degree, an iPhone is not a necessity and YouTube is not a necessity, but houses, right? But I think the part I really wanted to hit on was, uh, so it's a different type of demand that generates interest for it. But uh, earlier you mentioned like, what would happen? Would anybody blink an eye if, if crypto disappeared? Jeremy, you mentioned that, I don't know, five, 10 minutes ago. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, a lot of bad things would happen because think about it, like Visa, MasterCard, Square, they all lose billions of dollars. Their shareholders lose billions of dollars. DeFi, interest, and all the investments people have put in B, uh, DeFi, gone. Artwork, billions of dollars valued artwork, gone. Artists who go all into crypto, bankrupt. I mean, you're talking massive defaults, market caps of thousands of companies getting extinguished, right? Like people investing for to get their savings and they have these stable coins and all that stuff just disappears. The government of Ecuador goes bankrupt because all their assets went to zero. You know, SoFi, BlockFi, credit cards, Robinhood, you name it. So like a lot of bad things would happen. Crypto just disappeared. And sure, like it's one of those like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like what came first? Like Tesla producing a car and then its stock went up. Okay, yeah. In this case, it feels backwards, right? <laughs> kind of like people wanted it. And, and, and the more people wanted, the more the price went up. And so I see your issue of like justifying the valuation. Uh, but really what it is, it's it has the value because people are paying it. It's, it's quite frankly, the most free market that really exists. There are no barriers. It, it literally is. Who wants to pay me for it, right? There are no earnings. That actually almost makes it like a potentially even a more pure value in a weird way. You know, you or I running numbers on Tesla, not that we're giving financial advice because we're not, but it's really just a tool for convincing people 
that you know we why we believe in a particular company but all you need is somebody actually making that purchase and hodling those shares and, and that creates market value it's nothing more than that like when a company this is what frustrates me so much some some dumb company that i think is totally worthless you know uh raises five million dollars at a one billion dollar market cap it's like all they got was five million dollars but they're valued at a billion right because somebody who's willing to pay that percentage of the company five million for that percentage of the company uh and so yeah there's there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on financial wizardry and stuff but uh i, I don't know maybe you're just looking at it the wrong way but quite frankly listening to conversation i've kind of just concluded make your portfolio allocation you know andre might be comfortable with 30 percent or more i don't know what i forgot what yours is andre jeremy you know leave yours at zero and then whenever you have an allocation let me know because then i'll sell because that's probably when grandma and grandpa are in and, and that's my barometer to sell that's great no. <laughs> dude i was i was thinking about that the other day because I, I was like man it's so easy to make money in crypto it's just everything flies high it's just like buy and i was thinking about that the other day and then i was like oh man we're probably in a bubble because i'm thinking about just loading up on cryptos left and right so be a little scared but yeah when i actually do it that that's when we're at the top for sure but no, I'd rather be in the picks and shovels business, personally. Uh, Jeremy, you know? if, if, is it okay if I create a TTCF coin? Would, would you buy it? <laughs> hey, now we're talking. Now we're talking, Andre. There we go. No, but in all seriousness, Oops. I whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. So, <laughs> My bad. Um, anywho, uh, I, I like to be in the picks and shovels business when it comes to crypto, right? Because, you know, I don't know what's going to be the next big thing or, or whatnot. So I would rather just own crypto brokerages as my exposure. I'm not a I'm not a crypto picker. I'm a stock picker. Right. And so um, it, it's kind of like a gold rush. I, I gave this analogy recently. It's kind of like a gold rush, you know, back in the 1900s or whatever. You know, everybody's moving to California trying to sift through gold. And I would just rather be in the picks and shovels business. Whatever ends up being the big ones is what ends up being the big ones. Right. Maybe Bitcoin is that 10 trillion, 20 trillion dollar market cap. Or maybe Bitcoin in, in five or 10 years is is not like that. And we're like, remember when we used to think Bitcoin was going to be the big thing? This is actually the big thing over here, right? So, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, what's going to be the thing, but I, I'd just rather be in the picks and shovels business and make money that way. So um, and that's kind of what I love about investing in personal finance is it, it's called personal finance for a reason, because it's personal to every one of us and what we value. And it is, at the end of the day, somewhat subjective. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I'm thinking, like, just pick your allocation, right? And and uh, when you're, you got to be comfortable with it because the last thing you want to do is invest in it and then and then freak out uh, because the price went down, right? Uh, and, and then you sell at bottom. Like, there are a lot of people, they'll hear, oh, my friend's in this stock or whatever. Then they buy the stock. They know nothing about it. They're like, oh, man, why is the stock going down? Well, how much did you research it? Why did you buy it? You know, and, and it's like, well, I don't know. Somebody else bought it. Well, that's why 99% of people lose money investing. You know, it's, it's just, maybe it's not that high, but whatever. You know what I mean? No, that makes sense. Graham, you're awfully quiet. What do you guys uh, say? I mean, I don't know. I've already, I, I agree with Kevin, uh, but I, I, I agree with Andre as well. Um, I don't know. I, I see, I see the potential. I, I think uh, you think it will probably shift. Maybe not. Just, just over the next five, 10 years is, is more develops. But I, I still believe we're in the infancy of things, and I don't, I don't believe there's any harm taking 3%. That's it, just 3% and just throw it in blindly. Just Bitcoin, Ethereum, 3% done. Never look at it again. Don't look at it for 20 years. 
and then come back to it. Yeah. If it's if it's nothing, it's three percent. Not that big of a deal. If it's something that three percent could have doubled, tripled, could be worth ten x. That's the way I see it. You know, yeah. if I had to go all in on Ethereum or Tattooed Chef, tat- Ethereum, no <laughs> questions. <laughs> And I think that's a great place for us to mention that if you want to learn what my top five stock top five stock picks are, sponsored by the Motley Fool. <laughs> thank you. you go to metkevin.com slash fool. That's metkevin.com slash fool or meetkevin.com slash fool. They both work. And uh, check it out. Just throw your email in. Doesn't cost you anything. You'll get to learn what those five top uh, stock picks are. Shout out to, of course, the Motley Fool for sponsoring us. We have a uh, challenge every single week. Uh, now where uh, Graham went first with his five stock picks. So you could look two weeks ago to see his Andre's last week. Jeremy's will be next week. So then we'll be able to kind of compare the performance of our top five. So again, shout out to the Motley Fool there at metkevin.com slash fool. And uh, I don't know. We got anything else? I think we're good guys. So Great. with that said, oh, make sure to subscribe. Do that really quick. That That's all we ask. That's it. Go and subscribe. Then hit the like button. Then you could hit the notification bell. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Again, all of our links are down below in the description. And until next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.